Hello and welcome to Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged, an hour-long discussion of activity in the financial markets around the world featuring columnist John C. Dvorak and money manager Andrew Horowitz. This conversation is casual and unrehearsed. Let's join John and Andrew now. I'm John C. Dvorak. And I'm Andrew Horowitz. And here we are uh, after a fishing trip from Andrew at the 24th of October, 2023, two days before the 16th anniversary of the No Agenda show. 16th anniversary, I think 1,600 shows. No, 1,600 shows is last Thursday. Last Thursday. You keep track of that. Where's our anniversary? What are we doing? I mean, what, you forgot our anniversary, man. I, I, I Yes. <laughs> John C. Dvorak. Well, I'm going to give you that as a job to re- research when we start our first show. Okay. DH Unplugged, number one. Yes, I am back. I just flew back tonight, as a matter of fact. Got off the plane. And your went arms through are customs. tired. Yeah, went through customs and landed a couple you, of hours ago. Wait, wait, what do you mean you went through customs? I had to go through customs when I got back to the United States. You went States. through customs with nine monster, monster no. fishes? No. First of all, I went to Guatemala. Went to a place called Casa, Casa Vieja. And uh, this is a place where about two hours from Guatemala City, we went through Antigua, which is a city, the former capital of Guatemala. Spent some time there, drank a little bit, had some beers, came to the lodge. Lodge is a 32-person, let's call it 16-room, little secluded annexed area of about maybe two acres, two and a half acres of just like this little oasis in the middle of nothing Guatemala. Who owns this lodge? A gentleman named David Salazar. Privately owned. Okay. And they pick you up from the airport and they've got a whole cooler full of beer and stuff. It's great. The, the whole thing's top. First of all, it's, it's 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 first class, top shelf, attention to detail like you can't imagine for a fishing yeah, okay. trip. So we get there and, and there's people waiting for us. They got the, the hibiscus rum with the little soda and a twist of lime. And there's a pool there. And, you know, when do you want to book your massages for when you get back from your fishing trip each day? And Unbelievable. I'll give you the punchline. First of all, the food was out of control. Second of all, there was a guy named there, I think it was Hiroshi Matamura, I think his name was. He's a, uh, I think this is a show on Roku called The Diaries of a Sushi Master or something of that nature. He was there as a guest and I became friends with What's him. What's his name? Mo- uh, who? Moromoto, something, Hiro- Hiroshi. Oh, I know who this guy is. He's famous. He owns the restaurant in New York and L.A. It could be that guy, yes. I and, think it's the same guy. Yeah, and, well, I was hanging out with him playing cards with him last night. We, yeah, who won? Oh, uh, uh, anyway, point is, <laughs> it wasn't me. Um, he had his cameraman there, and there's another guy there from a Michelin star-rated, young guy, Michelin star-rated. Uh, yeah, it would be right. That'd be that guy. It was unbelievable. It was fantastic. And, yeah, okay. Um, well, so they made a few things. We went out fishing the first day, massive amount of Dorado mahi, 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 and sailfish, just it, 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 nonstop, all day, all day. 24 sailfish in the boat, 25 mahi, mahi on the boat. Am, am I looking at a picture of mahi-mahi? There's a little mahi-mahi in the corner there that, that looks a little different. It's like more greenish. See that? See this like the, the, the tuna-looking fish? Well, what are all these? What am I looking at? Then? You're looking at tuna. You're looking at yellowfin tuna right there, buddy. Yellowfin. Okay. Yeah. Yellowfin is a mahi-mahi. Yeah. Yellowfin is delicious, sushi-grade, unbelievable. Yeah. Well, it's... We caught, in the last two days, we put 1,000 pounds of tuna on the boat. I'm telling you. Send some to some of your friends. Well, you know how to freeze meat. Yeah, but it's not easy to get out of Guatemala. We brought Uh, back about 50, 60 pounds of those because you have to. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Stop. Stop stop everything. Stop. 
Wait a minute. You caught a thousand pounds of fish and you're lucky to get 50 pounds out of the country. What do they do with the rest of it? About, I, would, I would call about 450 pounds of meat we caught. Uh, and we took 50 pounds of meat out of the country. The rest is uh, some of the local people, some of the people that work with us on the boats, and the lodge keeps it to feed us. So you're you're basically a, a yes a, for hire fishermen for, for the locals. Yes, that's correct, and we're paying top dollar for it. Ay ay ay! Let me tell you something. It was unbelievable yesterday. Hundreds, if not thousands, of spinner dolphins flying out of the water, spinning like maybe 10 times in a tight circle around. <laughs> well, you got it. Okay. I'm, I'm absolutely convinced that you brought your phone or something and you took some videos yes, of the, of the dolphins seen. jumping out and spinning. Dolphin was not easy to get because they were too, they're too fast. It was just, it was, they were all over the place. It was very, I have definitely dolphin pictures, lots of dolphin pictures. I have, I have sailfish pictures with them dancing. I have us doing uh, bringing, you know, bringing uh, fish over the like side. I want to see the sailfin. You want to see a sailfish? You right. sent me two pictures. You what? sent me this one. You, you just sent again. What was, and what was the other one? The other one was a, to you and some other joker p trying to pull a sailfin, a sailfish into the boat, and you look like you're not going to get it in. It's well, no, we got, we got it in. We got it in. Um, but that was, we don't take the sailfish in the boat. We don't, we don't want to, we don't want to kill it. So we just bring it on the side and let him, let him, let him go. Yeah. So why not? You can't bring them home anyway. Well, sailfish is, is illegal to, to keep. Oh, it is? Yeah. Billfish in the Bahamas is, is illegal to keep. Every, every single one of them. Are running out of them? No, that's why. There's a whole point. You're not, you don't want, you, you don't run out of them. That's the whole point of the thing. I'm trying to show you one other dolphin that we caught here. Then we'll just let this go. Uh, I don't think I'm going to find dolphin it. Dolphin fish. Dolphin fish, yes. I don't have, we, I caught the two largest fish. Which I can't seem to find. I will find it somewhere, and I will send it over to you. Anyway, right. um, but it was a, it was an incredibly uh, eventful. The food was amazing. You get back every day, you get a massage. There's food everywhere. Really, here, here, this is this is coming to you, uh, Dvorak. It was it was it was it was something very special. Doll, this is gonna call mahi. This is uh, somebody else is holding this is my fish. This is actually a pretty funny picture. Somebody somebody's holding my fish. Um, anyway, let's talk about what's going on. We got a change of tune happening in the markets. Inflation seems to be old news. Everybody's like, ah, this inflation was last week. Now, all of a sudden, with the wars going on and things that are happening, maybe we're going to have to change our tune. And, you know, this is like four days worth of this crap now. Big Tech is uh, moving markets. Earnings are out on several names. We saw Netflix, of course, last week. And tonight, after the close, we saw Microsoft and we saw Google or Alphabet, whatever you want to call them. And AI is now to blame for higher costs and possibly lower earnings. Because, you know, uh, you gotta, you gotta, that's a switcheroo. Think about it, right? Well, you know, we got this AI that's going to be amazing in the future, but it's going to cost a lot of money. Maybe we're going to have to cut some expenses. And maybe hey, we're going to have to do AI right at the high end. It's this expensive proposition. Very expensive. And we're in the heart of earnings seasons right now, in earnings season right now. So that's kind of what's going on. Fed is um, holding on to its outlook, though. And a lot of people are starting to get pretty pissed off at the Fed that they have. No idea about really what is going on. They have no ability to forecast, and everything they say really should be taken with a grain of salt, which is, again, 180-degree turn from, well, the Fed is all-knowing. They hold the purse strings, and whatever they say, we got to listen to as a market. It's very strange how these markets, mm -hmm. and I think the, the, the philosophical, psychological, warfare that goes on to try to herd all of these investors to keep the confidence up because 
we've talked about this. It's all a big confidence game, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, what is the dollar backed by, sir? It's backed by the power of the American industry. Yeah, the full faith and credit of the United States. Yeah. So faith is in there, which is faith like. Faith is in there. Uh, yeah, faith well, is. Well, why is gold worth a nickel? Well, because there's a belief that it's something. The same thing, yeah. faith. It's a faith. It's faith that it's worth something. That's correct. Why is Bitcoin going up? It went up. Well, there's a, we have a story about that. We're going to talk about that. It went up a lot, actually. And why? What's it well, the reason, the reason is that over the last couple of weeks, there's been a lot of discussion about this new, um, not a ruling, but a, a stance that the SEC is taking not to go back on the courts and try to uh, vindicate their, their current ruling that a cash-based, when I say cash-based, not because, it's a different uh, qualification of the word, a spot cash or spot Bitcoin ETF will be available for the public for a long time. Yeah. The only things that could be available were derivative-based, some things in Canada, and futures-based. Well, if we could have a spot-based, it would make it so that it will track identically, it should at least, theoretically, Bitcoin one-for-one, one, and therefore making it a lot easier for you and I. Yeah, so you can go up and down faster. Well, but but it, it will make it so that if, John, if you said, hey, I want to buy Bitcoin, I'd say, hey, this is what you got to do. Go over to Coinbase and set up an account and do this and that. Now uh -huh. it's a pain in the ass, yeah. of course. So this, I can say to you, John, buy the BIT And it's ETF. traded on the open market. Yeah, it's done. Done. Now, you can't trade it overnight. It's not 24 hours and all that. But that was something that happened with the SEC seemed to all of a sudden take a stance that was changed. Now, in addition to that, what happened the last few days was that there was a filing on, um, let's see where it is here. Here we go. Um, there was a filing in the DTC, the Depository Trust and Clearing Corporation, which is a clearinghouse, which gave like a name slot to BlackRock's uh, spot traded e uh, Bitcoin ETF. So, yeah. so, so it went over thirty five thousand right. dollars for the first time since May two thousand twenty two. Yeah, I know it shot way up, way up. Yep. Wait, so this is a BlackRock vehicle? Yeah, this is a, the, the latest round of So the same people that are all jacked up about Bitcoin cuz it's away from the man, you know, it's like a separate yeah. system and yeah. everything. Yeah. So they're good they're jumping on on in the car with BlackRock. Yeah, which is the man. <laughs> the which is the man. Which is the man. It's hilarious. Yeah. So, the, you know, this is something that has been in brewing for a while and it was Genesis and the Winklevoss twins, and it was at one time maybe Coinbase was thinking about maybe running something as well, but that was kind of uh, weird when they when I heard it's something about that. Hard to do, but but here's the deal: so it was up twenty percent in the last five days, and it's more than doubled in value this year. As investors grow excited about the prospect of being able to buy Bitcoin funds that trade on good old fashioned stock exchanges, rather than having to deal with less regulated. And this is a very important point that I think I neglected to, to say. Some of these questionable and sketchy crypto platforms, right? I mean, we know about this one going out of business and FTX is going out of business and all these scam artists over here. They're buying, borrowing from the, or not, I shouldn't say borrowing, withdrawing unlawfully from the client accounts to fund stuff, right? You know what I mean? This whole thing yeah. that's going on. So therefore, if we get away from that and we can have Bitcoin that is traded inside, assuming nothing weird is going on there, there's a little bit more of a feeling that it's safer, at least from the standpoint of 
not going, not volatility, but from the standpoint of it, uh, not get, you're not getting ripped off. So the only thing to note, though, just not to throw cold water on this because there is some cold water to be thrown, is that the DTC list does not mean it was approved. You could just list this on there and it could be for like, you know, a, a placeholder to, for the listing. So, okay. It does seem like it's moving in that direction, though. I mean, there's definitely things that are leading up to this. Ethereum is up 15% in the last last five days and 50% year to date. So lots of good stuff happening with the, uh, the old Bitcoin. So that was exciting. All right, uh, talked about uh, Guatemala. Did we miss anything? I don't think so. Talked about that. Okay, if you have a chance to do it, I would do it. November 15th webinar. I meant, oh, last week I mentioned I'm going to put a link on DH Unplugged on the show notes. The link is now up for the November 15th uh, webinar for uh, what's in store for 2024. So if you go to the show notes there, you'll also find information on how to get in touch with John C. Dvorak on Twitter, which, of course, is the real Dvorak. And uh, we also have some things that flash up and down of how, if for whatever reason, if the, I don't know what you're living under a rock or something like that, you haven't figured out how to get to no agenda show by now. I mean, <laughs> right. We, we, there's a million and one places to find it, right? Yeah, we hope so. Just type it into Google. Just type it in. All right. Back on the attack. Here's some interesting things that are going on. A bipartisan group of 33 attorneys. What's the point of that? The bipartisan thirty three, the magic number. Well, that too, of course. That was that was blatantly right there. But what what is the reason that we need to put the preface and the moniker of a bipartisan group ahead of something? Yeah, especially when it's got nothing to with bipartisan or with all Democrats, all Republicans, or all independents, or all libertarians. What difference does it make in a situation like this that it has that you have to put that in there? That's put that is only in there as some sort of code word for something. Yeah. So you it's got like, 33 is a code word, and you got the bipartisan as a code word. So they're trying to tell us something. Tell us something. And I mean, I would think that the reason why whoever wrote this with the bipartisan part was to make sure that anybody that was questioning, oh, those goddamn Democrats, oh, those goddamn Republicans, they could see it as like, oh, oh, oh okay, everybody's coming together on this. So therefore, whichever side I stand on, I should agree with it too. So what you happened- should, yeah, but this but, is dubious. So this bipartisan group of 33 tree tree attorney generals are suing Meta over addictive features aimed at kids and teens, according to a complaint filed Tuesday in a federal court in California. So let's just stop right there. Hold on for a moment. Ask John C. Dvorak, the all-knowing, what law have they broken by creating something that is very addictive? I mean, Captain Kangaroo was really addictive for me when I was a kid. Well, how did he duty? Yeah, addictive. Clarabelle. Yeah. Kids were head over heels about it. I used to sit my kids in a chair and watch, let them listen to uh, silly songs. Well, they, they sue Taylor Swift. Sue them, everybody. Because she it's seems addictive. addictive to a bunch of Swifties. Yep. The support from. I have no idea. The, the, you, you asked the wrong guy. This is bogus. Yep. They're just harassing them because Med is obviously not coughing up enough money. Uh, insofar as a as normally it would be coughing up money to the same district attorneys or attorney generals for their campaigns. 
this is a this is a scam. It's a gouge. It's uh, extortion. Yeah, that, there you go. Extortion is probably the right word to describe all this. So the support from so many state AGs, the attorney generals of different political backgrounds, indicates a significant legal challenge. Yeah, to, all the guys that uh, Meta hasn't given money to. Yeah, a significant legal challenge to Meta's businesses. The federal suit also accuses Meta of violating the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act with, an, of course, an acronym because everything in Government has to have an acronym. It's COPA. And by the way, if for whatever reason they couldn't figure out an, a, a, an acronym, it could. It, it actually can't be a law. It can be the worst thing possible in life, but there's no acronym. You can't have it as a law. So, uh, but, they, but supposedly they collected personal data on users under 13 without parental consent. I could see that one. That's a backdoor. That's an Al Capone kind of thing. Yeah, I'm sure they're doing that, that one. By, yeah. Even by accident. Right. Yeah, yeah, I would assume so. So the states are, because of course, you know, when do you get your kid an iPhone? That's the big question, right? It used to be, when do you... Well, uh, they sue Apple and the iPhone and then the, uh, and yeah. the Google yeah. for the Android operating system. Those are more addictive than Meta. That's correct. That's correct. So the states are seeking to end what they see as Meta's harmful practices as well as penalties and restitution. Well, how do you, what's restitution for what? For the harmful practices. Yeah, but what, <laughs> how do you calculate that? You calculate, you probably just do something. You know, we figure that, uh, well, I can see them. What's a kid's time worth? That's well, the question I have. It's not worth that much. Well, what the the... Online Privacy Protection Act, that, that may be something. The other thing about the addiction, and, and I'll tell you something else. It would seem to me that a child under the age of, let's just say 16, just for a moment, okay? Let's go from about 10 to, 10 to 16. They should be suing the parents for allowing their kids to be on these devices and on these things so many hours during the day because they're lazy bastards and they don't want to deal with their kids. Bingo. No, no questions at all on that, right? I'm totally on board with that. Yeah. Hey, well, how you doing? Hey, you know what? Let them read something. No, no. Just give them the iPad during dinner. So, you know, the old children are to be online and not heard. <laughs> wow. I got to write that one down. Right? That's <laughs> that's what it used to, what it used to be. You just, it used to be. You just did, was that automatic or did you work on that? No, one? I created that was just that that, that flew off the Guatemalan right back from two hours ago fishing all weekend lips. Wow, I'm writing it down. Can you can you repeat what that I said? Because I don't remember at this point. I don't even remember what I said. What was it? Children should be online and not heard. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Children should be online, not heard. Well, for those of you that don't know what the hell we're talking about, there it used to be. You know, you'd say something and my mother would say to me during, you know, your dinner with your grandparents and stuff and you're kidding around. Children are to be seen and not heard. That's what, that's what my mother would say to me. Yes, it was mean. Yes, it was a bad parenting skill. But I'm just telling you what she said. Children are to be seen and not heard. Yep. Uh, anyway, so let's see. J.P. Morgan, uh, Jamie Dimon, Jamie Dimon, he said that... Um, he, he was, he's been, you know, every once in a while, Jamie Dimon crops up and starts really just dusting it up a bit. If you remember that he was very critical about uh, the storm clouds coming, right? These big storm clouds coming. We don't know how they're going to envelop 
Sometimes you get the edge of the rain. Sometimes you get the full hurricane. And then we were in the eye of the storm, right? Because we had something happen, but we don't know if the eye wall is going to affect us. He went through this whole thing during COVID. He's also done a lot of discussion. At other times, he was very vocal about Bitcoin for a very long time, uh, about how it's a terrible uh, investment. And, and and over the years, and and, and often, he's, he's, you know, he's a vocal and he's, we all listen to him because he's a smart, very smart guy. So he um, he said that the fact that central banks got financial forecasting 100% dead wrong about 18 months ago should prompt some humility about the outlook for next year. And he was speaking. And what, is that, what does that mean exactly? Well, what does he expect yeah. the outlook for next year to be? Well, I, I think that he, what he's trying to say is that the Fed has this, this outlook and they're not bending from it, and they're not taking it into consideration that they could possibly be wrong again about whatever they're they're doing, and obviously complaining about that they're keeping rates too high in the face of what may be coming down the road, which then could turn into a recession slash deflationary spiral. He was speaking at a panel uh, at the Future Investment Initiative Summit in um, in Saudi Arabia. And uh, this, this was, by the way, this, I think this was the, we have another piece on this. Uh, uh, this is the Davos of the desert. He voiced doubts that central banks and governments around the world can manage the account fall, the economic fallout from rising inflation and slowing growth. So he's, he's sounding the alarm about this whole issue with regard to, you know, where we are now, what the Fed has gotten wrong and how they're just probably wrong again. They're probably wrong. Yeah. I don't what, think they, what is the Fed saying right now? The Fed is... The, I think Fed, the way I always hear the Fed is they're wishy-washy. You never know what they're saying. They they have been... They have been... I, I would agree with you, uh, other than the fact that more recently they have been... At, well, if we take in total their discussions over the last year, they've been absolute about trying to kick inflation's ass. That that I don't think it's a question there. No. That, this is true. But But they've been meandering through that process keeping you know the, the hey we're going to kick inflation's ass we're not going to stop with a lot of however's and on the other hands just to soften the edges right yeah so now the davos of the desert the annual event is typically used to um to, to create these opportunities by attendees to build relationships with some of the Saudi Saudis and the, and the Saudi Arabia's biggest companies and it's $778 billion sovereign wealth fund. Mm, yeah. And everybody gets excited and they go there and all these speakers oh, everybody there. Everybody wants a piece of that. Yep. So while today's world seems uncertain and continue with the mandate to inspire the future of business and future-proofing our societies to create a more stable and resilient world order was part of what Governor uh, At Rumayan, Saudi Arabia's sovereign public investment fund, fund, told conference ease. So, you know, they want to make sure we create a stable and resilient world order. And then we got Diamond talking over the weekend about the Fed knows nothing and they're screwing things up. And this whole Davos thing was a bunch of whining about just, oh... These wars and these things, and oh, it's going to slow the economy. God forbid somebody said something like, you know, the lives lost and, and the unnecessary damage that this causes. No, 
It's going to hurt no, my It's going to hurt cares? my my 401k. Look at my 401k is getting bugged, killed here. What a yeah. bunch of douchebags. Yeah. Was it always like this, John? I I mean I, I just find it more Yeah, and more. well, when I was a kid it was similar. Yeah, but was was it just such a just a No, it was never this this has gone off the rails. This is way bad. Yeah. But we have to live in that time. It all happened. It all starts stems from the the leniency we've shown toward different uh, uh, groups. Uh, once uh, Eisenhower pointed out the military industrial complex, and you no, know, and we gave him free reign. Uh, the, I think the pharmaceuticals advertising on television in the United States, and no place else in the world except New Zealand. I, it, we just gave him free reign, and then they start running roughshod over everybody. It is you can see where it started. Yeah. And where's it going to end? It's, I don't have no idea. Hmm. All right. Okay. But it has to end. It's, it's out of control. Yep. All right. What else do we got? Uh, let's let's fold in now the one other point about what's going on with inflation fed, the new world order, old world order, the, you know, the, the people that care more about that they're not going to be able to buy their Louis Vuitton, that maybe there's some people that are, that that are that are uh, starving in Gaza right now. You know, I mean, it's it's just like what an inconvenience. You know, I got to tell you, I can't get any good local news. It's all about these, these this this fighting in Gaza. You know what I'm saying these people are disgusting. You know what I mean? It's just it's just you know, change the channel. I don't want to watch this war anymore. Yeah, uh, the news media sees it as a money maker. Yeah, well, that's that's the other part of it, right? That's that again, once again, the same thing, all about money. Anyway, uh, Ackman. So Bill Ackman, who has been a, 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 a pretty vocal about a variety of things that he sees in the economy. He, he got his yeah. ass cleaned out a couple of times by some interesting short bets and Herbalife and all that in the past. But in the end, this is a very smart dude. There's no question he's a smart dude. Okay, He's got smart guys around him. He, he's a smart guy. A lot of people don't like him. He's a little bit irritating. He seems a little bit, uh, oh, you know, uh, Thurston Howell the third, and and oh, you know, yeah, I've never heard him speak, and I've never even what know what he looks like. He's he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a pleasant looking fellow, by the way. Salt and pepper uh, hair, thin, good shape, uh, but he but he definitely has a, I think a so high. He talks a little bit like this. Well, he just has a little bit of a highbrow about him, and and I think a little mm. bit of condescension, condescending. Okay. Uh, just about I his demeanor, um, but can't take anything away from him. He's a brilliant guy, and uh, you know I think uh, only good things about him in terms of this. But he sometimes, <laughs> he sometimes, like Jamie Dimon, he sounds the alarm. You know, Jamie Dimon softens it because Jamie Dimon can only want his bank to do well. Ackman, on the other hand, can go off the rails sometimes. Because he's betting one way or the other. One of the things he did about two two months ago uh, or three months ago was come down hard on the long end of the yield curve and say he is shorting the long end of the treasury curve. Which, by the way, just to give you the punchline, did very freaking well for him. So he's, moved, he's now exiting his 30-year treasury short, which people think could be a sign that the main fear is shifting from an overheated economy featuring you know, higher interest rates and inflation to slowing the economy that could possibly fall into a recession, as I mentioned earlier. So he said the economy is slowing faster than recent data suggests. Now, this always 
I got to. How gotta, would he know? This is this. Yeah. Is a mind reader? I mean, how can you? You have data. This is exactly what I wanted you to talk about. This is great. <laughs> it shows you what's going on. Yeah. Uh huh. And and, it, and there's a huge variety of data, and so you can find good, bad, and indifferent, and everything in between. So why would something be happening that the data doesn't show? This is like looking at a pot of boiling water and saying, from what I can see, it's not boiling yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just ridiculous. So yeah. somehow either he has, I, 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 this, this is governmental data. So either he has, uh, well, either he he's a man that has a newspaper from the future, which well, is highly is unlikely. Right, it's well, but possible. 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 That's why he's so good investing, Right. He's the Marty McFly. He went back to the future, came back. He's got a newspaper that says that, you know what? Fed was wrong again. Deflation is really what they should be looking at, and he knows. Okay. He also, during COVID, by the way, just to give you more backdrop on who this fellow is, during COVID, he um, came out with a, a dire warning that hell is coming. That was his, that's his words. Hell is oh, he was, he was a, a subscriber to hundreds of millions of dead. Yeah, hell is coming. That was yeah. with the freezer trucks and all the other good stuff that was oh, terrible stuff that was going on, I should say. Um, but anyway, he, um, he, he he said that in on a Twitter post, there's there's too much risk in the world to remain short bonds at current long-term rates, which is, by the way, exactly what you and I talked about and why I went long TLT about two weeks ago. Saying that, right. I think we're baked in here. So, I find it kind of interesting that's what he's doing. All right, what else we got? M&A. So he's Chev on my side of the trade. He at is this on point. my side. No, your side, my side. He was on your side. Now he's on my side. He was shorting against it. I thought he was. He was shorting the treasury that would mean that the yields would go higher. That's what you and did. You were short. I'm pushing this high, yields going higher. Correct. Correct. That's what you thought, right? So you are yeah. you were on his side. He now thinks they're going lower or not going okay. or not going any 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 higher than we are. Okay. All right. So I thought he was okay. Yep. He I, was with you. Now he swept, swap, uh, swapped. Um. I think there's our last piece of ridiculousness, but the White House on Monday, just a couple of days ago, yesterday, said Iran was in some cases actively facilitating rocket and drone attacks by Iranian-backed proxy groups on U.S. military bases in Iraq and Syria. And President Biden has directed the Department of Defense to brace for more and respond appropriately. So, again, it's an Iranian-backed proxy group. They don't know. This is bull crap. I've been listening to right-wing radio recently, and everyone's going on about this. They have no idea where those missiles are coming from. If they could try, and here's another thing, you run into this in the Israel thing too. Uh, if you recall, you listened to the, maybe about a year ago, the Russians, you know, the uh, Ukrainians would set up a battery of artillery someplace. And then as soon as they shot a bunch of shells off the Russian overhead satellites and some of their systems could see where the, where the artillery was being fired and they blow them up. Hamas is sending rockets over left and right. We've got satellites all over the place. The, the Israelis have the same kind of uh, gear that the Russians have in terms of finding out the pinpoint exactly where these rockets are coming from. 
and blow them up. Why don't? Why isn't that being done? Why isn't the rockets being sent into the American military bases being figured out where they're coming from and blow that spot up? I'm I'm asking you just as a rhetorical question. I'm, I'm, I'm mystified. How do I know? How do you know? So they're having this discussion now. Oh, we got to do something about it. What? Well, is this one of those just trying once again to it build? It could be the Sinaloa cartel for all we know, sh- sending these rockets over there. Right. Or, or it could be the government's desire to once again beef up public enemy number one in the Middle East is really them so that we can once again have a, 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 a another party that we can all focus in on and blame. I mean, no. Iran has been on on the U.S.'s shit list forever, haven't they? Since 1979. Yeah, well, okay. Exactly. And and then we go and give them some money recently, and then they broke the rules about the nuclear, uh, remember the whole nuclear thing, and they they were enriching, and we were like, you know, don't cross this line, don't cross this line again, don't, oh, no, 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 and they were still doing nuclear enrichment, and we didn't do a damn thing. Yeah, we let them do their oil thing, and so they made a ton of money doing that more than anything. So I agree with you. This is... This is the point of the point of the exercise tonight is is it's finance, it's business, it's government, it's all intertwined. But the point that I think that all these stories, if we weave these all together, John, and the educational component of tonight and the discussion is that you gotta like you can't skip the words, the content, the 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 backdrop of of the story. Because there's a lot more that lies in it that is either total garbage that you just don't even need to absorb. And, and waste any brain matter space with and that you don't have to worry about when it comes to your money because mo- most of it is just uh, the desire for whatever party, the, the bipartisan party, the government, to try to hurt us and, and move us. Is that fair? I guess so. Well, they are trying to manipulate the public, let's face it. The point is you just can't read everything. You can't listen to everything you, or you can't believe everything you read or hear. You got to do your own research and be critical. Be critical. And nobody does that. Well, we do. The number of people that do it is uh, you and I both know all of them. Yeah, probably. Yeah. All right, let's get some cold, hard facts. Microsoft earnings shares jumped about, uh, about well, 4 or 5%, depending on what time it was. I think they actually ended the after-hour session up about 3.5%. After the company issued fiscal first quarter earnings. Remember, everybody's all shocked about uh, all the money they're going to make from AI. And by the way, on their AI, their particular uh, add-in that they're going to be utilizing for Excel and Office and Microsoft 365, the $30 per user, they, they haven't started charging that anyway yet. So this doesn't even include this. They did uh, earnings about $2.99 per share. Well, expectations are about two sixty five. dollars Revenue of $56.5 billion, which is about $2, about $2 billion more than was expected. Um, and, oh, by the way, the companies that are issuing, there's a few different companies. One of the issues, companies that are issuing the collective analyst expectations prior to earnings is now called LSEG, which is a crappy name, but better than the one I can't, they changed the name from Refinitiv. That's a mouthful to say refinitive. How many words end in the letter V? Well, it would 
no E on the end, very few. Right. So now they're called LSEG, which is just a whoever is doing their mean? marketing and, and campaigning for the fire them. Find something better. You need to get like Analysts Inc. or something like that. Just something easy. Revenue grew 13% year over year in the quarter. Net income at uh, $22.29 billion for the quarter. Increased 27% on a year-over-year basis. Their intelligent cloud segment produced $24.5 billion, up 19%. And above the uh, $23.5 billion was the consensus. The Azure Public Cloud, SQL Server, Windows Server, Visual Studio, Nuance, uh, GitHub. You know, they own all this stuff, right? And Enterprise yeah. Services. Revenue uh, jump uh, just from Azure, 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 which is their cloud-based, uh, uh, you know, AWS kind of thing. Uh, jumped 29% during the quarter. 29%? This Microsoft is, I think the, they're vulnerable for, to having issues with all this dependency on the cloud, on the cloud business. The their, their money, half of their money is now renting out space on the cloud. Correct. That's correct. You're not talking about if something goes wrong. You're saying if somehow there's a new development in how to store stuff. Yeah, which can happen by some with someone else. I mean, Google's in that business, uh, IBM's in that business, uh, Amazon, uh, Amazon, Amazon's the big the big boy in the business. You also have uh, the guys down in uh, the, the Larry Ellison's operations Oracle, in that business, Oracle. Oracle. But you have other, and then you have you have secondary tier players also that are just all about space. Yeah, rack space, this space, that space. You know, which is uh, off site, off premise. Yeah, it's similar, but not the same. Right. Um, this just seems like a lot of dependency when Microsoft had, you know, their dependency was on things that were so, this is not a monopoly. That's the one I'm trying to get at. Microsoft's business has always relied on a kind of a monopolistic practice with very few products, uh, that were, you couldn't do without windows, for example. And, uh, office are, are basically monopolies, small monopolies are money makers. You can't go wrong. But they're they're focusing on this uh, on making money from this other stuff. It just seems like a weak spot to me. Well, everything relies. There's no on, way they're monopolizing the cloud. Everything relies on that. And the question is, how fungible is the how much how fungible is the corporate need for cloud and the fungibility of whether we go from. Does it matter if we go for Microsoft to Google's to AWS? You follow what I'm saying? Is it all just like, hey, just move it on well, over? Then it and becomes a, who's the cheapest. Yeah, then that, exactly. What happens when China comes into the picture with their cloud services and their orientation toward life is we're the cheapest. Yep. Because after a while, the cost does go down significantly. But they don't seem to be. So we'll see. I mean... It, I mean, this is a, these are big numbers, though. They're huge. Huge it's ridiculous. numbers. Yeah. So something to, to watch. Now, on the other hand, we saw Alphabet or Google report 11% revenue growth in the third quarter. Rebound in advertising pushed expansion into double digits for the first time in over a year. It made a buck fifty-five per share versus a buck forty-five expected. Um, revenue is about seventy-six point six nine billion. What was what was that? What was Microsoft's? So. Microsoft's earnings were 56 billion. Okay. 
Alphabet was 76 billion. Pretty interesting. YouTube advertising revenue, 7.95 billion. Again, a little bit higher than expected. Cloud revenue, 8.4 billion. So the cloud revenue is 8.4. Microsoft was, uh, what was that? 24 points. 24. 24 billion for the full, for the, oh, for the full intelligent cloud. Oh, they don't break up. They don't break out Azure. No, they don't break it up the yeah. right way. So, so, um, and then the, uh, the interesting thing was their traffic acquisition costs edged up a bit. Stock was down about 6.5% in after hours. So that's going to put a little bit of a push me, pull me drag from the differential from Microsoft to Google on probably tech tomorrow. We saw Coca-Cola come out with methodologies are for traffic acquisition. What 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 are they? Yeah, what are they? Well, that's that's pay for pay to play on their search. That's uh, pay for advertising on YouTube. All that. Anytime they're paying somebody else for the acquisition or for the advertisement. So so. it wouldn't be in the in the YouTube. It would be well, the, 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 in some other way. It has to be off-site. Oh, I guess so. It's a good point. Because not, not, well, they're paying. They're they're putting out twelve point nine or twelve point six four billion dollars to bring people to get people to click on their links. Well, that but, but that's a lot. No, but they're also. I I, I had to look at this, but let's say you put out a video and you got a million views, John. Okay. You get paid X dollars. Isn't that traffic? Isn't that a traffic acquisition cost? Because the comp, the nobody. I'm not paying YouTube to watch. Well, that's your video. an interesting point. See, that's what I said. That's what I don't know. Yeah. Because they, I'd like to know what constitutes for them traffic acquisition. Is that part of it? Paying somebody because you're an influencer and you're giving them money to be on your site. Let me uh, see if I can find something here. I don't think you're going to find anything. They're closed mouth about half their stuff. Travis was a pre-made. Payments made by the internet search companies, firms that direct consumers and businesses traffic to their websites. What is Google Tech? This is a new company, Google. Uh, to gain qualified traffic on its pages. I, I Yeah, it's, to gain qualified traffic. I mean, well, I, I'm assuming it's also going to be commercials for on TV. What commercials are we talking about? I mean, if, and, you, and they're not dropping 12 billion in TV commercials. Yes, I can Duck, assure Go. you. DuckDuckGo is the one that really does that. They, they've been really advertising hard. Yeah, DuckDuckGo does all the advertising. So here, the traffic acquisition cost represents the expense incurred by the internet company like Google to gain qualified traffic on its pages for monetization, over the years, have been able to reduce its cost. Blah 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 blah. Okay, that's great. Okay, um, twenty-one point seven. Oh, you know what else it is? Oh, here, here's my old model here. I think it's also when they're paying like uh, uh, Microsoft to put the search bar. You know how they paid all that money? All right, they pay. Yeah. I believe they pay uh, Firefox. Uh-huh. And uh, Edge, Microsoft. Right. Uh, yeah, that would be a cost. But what is this a penny a click or what is it? Well, they pay me. We're talking $12 billion. Uh, how much Google pay Firefox? 
And Chrome, too. Well, I would do, do it in Chrome. I don't know. Uh, and Chrome doesn't count. I don't have it. I'm Chrome sorry. is Google. Half a billion. Okay. Well, that accounts for 500 million out of the 12.6 billion. How great surrounding is that from Firefox? Although, in, 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 a, in a heartbeat, that could be a problem for them. But yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, what about Safari? Google also, Apple Pays. Apple Pays. Is that Safari still even a yes. browser? Yeah, that was a big thing. How much does Apple pay? No, how much does Google pay Apple, right? Google, what was it the other way? 18 to 20 billion. In 20, let's see. Google was paying, no. Google was paying Apple as much as 10 billion a year. For what? To keep the search engine on your Safari mobile phone, Google. Well, then that kind of negates the 12 point, the 12 points, that's most of the 12. Yeah, well, that's what it is. Four, yeah, surely. What, to Apple? They're paying a lot to Apple. Well, that's a year. So, so 12 billion, that's 48 billion. Half of it goes to Apple. I, that makes sense to me. Mm. Your phones, your iPads, your your computers, anybody that's using Safari. I mean, it's a lot of people that are using the iPhone. Forget about the, the iPads. Forget about the 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 mobile uh, the desktop. Think of just think just mobile and iOS. A lot of money. There's a big there was a big thing about that they were planning on looking at changing it to they go to should Duck, do Duck, the go. switcher. They should swap this back and forth the way cable companies used to do it. Where they were, you know, paying somebody, they were putting outflow to pay people to let them put their content online, or it was just the other way around. The out, the outside sources would say, "Put our content on your, on your cable TV, and we'll give you money." No, we're going to charge you. I mean, it goes back. I mean, I can see Google pulling the plug on the whole thing, and saying, "No, you can't use our, our thing unless you give us money." That's the way it should go. There's obviously too much involved in the fact that they also get paid per clicks. That's where this all, it's a big, big round robin. Because well, they want. Some, it's the whole thing is ridiculous. You find, the whole thing is, it's one giant circle jerk in terms of where the money comes from. So you got all these people that want you to see how, get the eyeballs, where they come from, from there. So they're going to pay this. Then they come there. They click on the thing because we move the algorithm up to make something not look like an ad, but it really is an ad. And then we have those other little ad things anyway that are going on the sidebar. They're getting paid to Google. You know what I mean? The Like the cookie-based. Yeah, yeah. Ad. Well, that's why it's called traffic acquisition. Yeah. Because you don't pay $10 billion unless you're bringing in 20 or 30. Yeah. So... And that just goes to the point also that there, this is a big problem that all of a sudden you have AI that really comes into play. Does any of this traffic acquisition have to happen? Well, that's a big question. See how they how they make that. Google work. is the number one uh, concerned, I would think, the number one concerned company in terms of AI when it comes to information retrieval and output on web based stuff. Because no longer maybe, well, unless they bastardize this, which it will happen. Whereas now your AI is like, oh, here's a really good resource. Very fine print, sponsored by, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's going to happen. That's all this, that's all that, this is, 
as sure as I'm sitting here, we know that's going to happen, John, right? Is there any question in your mind that the monetization of it is not is something that they're working on just as hard as the feeding in the information to the large language model? Yeah, of course. This is, that's what you do. That, that's what what you are do. all these people doing sitting around? Right. This is not, AI is not for the benefit of the world without the fact that it really is a benefit to the bottom line of the companies that will be utilizing it. And that's why they're racing so hard. If it was just to be an altruistic benefit for the world, trust me when I tell you, they would not be pushing so hard that they got something. It's not how it works. And I got a couple more things here. We got uh, Coca-Cola came out with earnings. It raised its annual revenue and profit forecast after beating quarterly results on the back of higher prices with demand for its sodas remaining resilient in a time when consumers are cutting back on non-essential spending. And everybody's on a diet, it seems, but it doesn't matter. The yeah. shots are not hurting Coca-Cola somehow. Well, you know, zero Coke. You're on a diet, you get this the stuff with the whatever that is that they use. You saw that Pepsi and uh, consumer product maker Unilever posted... Um, their numbers recently, and they, they saw there's pretty steady demand on on all this. Little, uh, little, and no resistance to the the higher prices and the higher multiple prices. I, you know, I was with some people this weekend, and they were all talking about how they're all keep on getting pricing adjustments. On, you can't even print catalogs. Not that anybody really wants to print a catalog, but my point is, in theory, you can't print a catalog because by the time that catalog comes out, it's a very high chance that you know what? The prices are going to be stale. Ten percent. Yeah. Coca Cola expects organic revenue growth of eight percent to nine percent for the full year, compared with the prior year forecast of a increase of about seven to eight percent. Stock was up. So a little you bit. jack your prices up ten percent, yes. and then you—that's that's called organic revenue growth. Yes, it is. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know the yes. nomenclature. Yes. Yeah. This is, this is organically. We are doing it from the inside. No one else can jack our prices up. We're doing it. From the inside, what 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 else would go organic be anyway? It just sounds better if you say organic, right? So yeah. Like, hey, <laughs> just to let you know, we're really ripping off the public these days, really and it's really paying off. Organic revenue growth. <laughs> Our yeah, what we're doing is really fleecing a lot of people. But God, I tell you something: the bottom line is loving it. You know, old business. Remember when the uh, mega caps were leading? Out of the gate on 2023, and we saw the big names. You know the names, the Apples, the Googles, the you know, Microsofts, all these guys. Um, and it was concerned that there was this, this concentration of returns that were all in these mega, mega, ultra, mega caps. And it was like, wait, you know, that's a sinkhole alert. Concern about underneath that, if something happens to these big caps, everything just caves in upon itself because the base is not very solid. You got 20 different companies that are holding up markets because of the way that the structure of a market cap weighted index is done. Everybody believes that, okay, well that, you know, the S&P 500 is representative of a broad swath of stocks, which it is. And, you know, if it's up, that means generally things are up. Uh, 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 not so fast. We, we, we know this because we've talked about the market capitalization weighting and all that. Well, here's where we are now. Fast forward a few months and everybody was all joyous and all excited 
about the market breadth was widening out. Everybody's like, you know what? It's, uh, the good news is that all the, you know, we're seeing a lot more companies come up now and the market breadth, uh, it, we're, not, we're not relying on the big names to really push the indices anymore. That's a good thing. Very good, very good. Well, here's the numbers. Year-to-date, the market cap-weighted index, which is the S&P 500, normal S&P 500, no dividends involved in this right now. You could probably add a little bit to it for dividends, um, is up 11%. So the year-to-date S&P 500 that you see everybody talking about all the time is up 11%. The equal weighted, which means every stock has the same weighting as every other stock in there, regardless of their size, is down 3%. Yeah. So much for the widening out. And that's why we see the Q's up 34% year to date. That's because amazing. QQQ's up 34%. 30, I mean, they got smoked last year pretty good. But I mean, Facebook up 100, 185% this year. Microsoft, we saw, was up some ungodly yeah, number. Yeah, yeah, they're all up. Yeah. Speaking about that, we're going to head over to the game. You ready? Yeah. All right, let's uh, push this button here. Let's see what it does. This is a game that we play. It's not a solicitation to buy or sell any security. It's not a recommendation of any kind. Nothing on the show should be considered investment advice or a recommendation. If you choose to invest in any of the stocks mentioned, you should know that it may carry risk, along with the risk of a loss of principal. You should also seek out professional financial advice for your particular situation. We assume no risk as these are not to be considered recommendations. Horowitz Company, myself, or John C. Dvorak may invest in any of the securities mentioned, and we'll disclose that on the website under the weekly stock picks section. You can go to dhunplugged.com and see all the names we discuss in the segment, along with the performance information from the date discussed, as well as any additional important disclosures. Got some big updates here, buddy. Yeah, we have a slew of companies, mostly the shorts, from July. Yeah, They've all ago. been wiped out. They're all up. Uh, it's funny, Target's still going well. <laughs> that didn't get wiped out. But Tesla's gone, Netflix is gone, AMD is gone, and NVIDIA's gone. These are all... Um, Short shorts I did mostly, except one of them. Yeah, I did. I did AMD. You did AMD, and they're all shorts, and they're all up, all up, and they're all gone because there was a whipsaw effect that took place. Um, yeah, a few of those. The good short is still Beyond Meat. Fake meat, which is up. What? Fake meat. Fake meat. Beyond Meat is. I shorted and it's up 52%. That's the winner on the chart on the whole thing right now. Awesome, right? I see. I got it in video on again. That's funny. Yep. And then we saw in phase go uh, shark ninjas gone. Uh, Nike. Amazing. Nike. Yep. You're with long Nike as you and the feet are just, you it can't oh, be beat. Oh, Oh, I got to tell you a story. I broke my own code today. You went barefoot I, on an airplane. I, I did. I did. Let me tell you what happened. Real quick, very quickly, because I told people this, and my friends are looking at me like I have six, 16 heads. Like, what the hell's wrong with you? I I got, to, when I was leaving Guatemala, the uh, shoes I was wearing were, fishing were kind of disgusting, to be honest with you, and I did not feel like putting those back on my feet with socks. So I wore these other pair of, like, these, uh, you know, like, uh, I don't know, what do you call them? Not water shoes, but just, like, sandal kind of thing. What, they're clothes, but anyway, they're, like, kind of sneakerish things without socks, and I'm like, oh... They don't have, I don't think they have the um, TSA, I know they don't have TSA pre-check because it's out of the country. 
I did it. Yep, I was that guy. Took off my shoes. You were the barefoot. guy. I walked barefoot through the line and through the thing. Yep, that was me. Well, now you can't say anything. Now, I'm... I'm, I'm yep, yep, yep. Yep. So, people in glass houses shouldn't throw shoes, you know? All right, so, I, got one pick, uh, I got one pick for this week. Yeah, I see it. Amazon. Uh, I got a Microsoft Tailwind and a Netflix Tailwind. Both did very well with their num in terms of their numbers. Yeah, I think this is a good pick. So the, it's got both parts of that, especially if um, I think Microsoft did a deal with Amazon last week that they're going to be taking. I, I don't. I'd look further into this, but Amazon was taking. Oh, Microsoft was taking. A, or, no, Amazon was taking a piece of Microsoft's cloud, like buying it, like using it. I don't even understand that. All right, that makes no sense. Well, it must make sense to someone. That's like McDonald's saying, hey, you know what? We're going to buy into some of the In-N-Out burgers. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, well, or In-N-Out burgers buying a bunch of McDonald's. Yeah. You have any picks? Uh, yeah, I do have one. Uh, I know I'm doing this. This is the Insiders, simple Insiders, but it's three Insiders times three. Three different groups are buying shares of C-E-R-E. C-E-R, is that Cirrus something or other? Uh, yep. Oh, Cerevel Therapeutic Holdings. Yes. 674. So it's a, whole, a medical holding company. And we have a couple of directors in a, in a, in a group called Perceptive Advisors hmm. all buying tons of the stock. So Load, back up the truck, they say. Back it right up. Back it up. Beep, 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 beep. So that's... Uh, 11, no, 10, 25, 23, 10, slash 25, slash 23. Okay. All right, very good. We'll end it a little bit early tonight. Get some sleep. I'm exhausted. I've been up for Yeah, like you sound, you just got in. I just got in, but I've been up since five. Oh, okay. You better go to bed. Yeah. All right. I'll see you again next week, sir. All right. Bye. All right, bye. You've been listening in on a conversation with John C. Dvorak and Andrew Horowitz. Hope to be with you again soon. Bye-bye. Now, I'm not broke, but badly bent. I'm not down to my last cent, cause I got a dollar, but it's my last dollar bill. <laughs> yes, sir. In my pockets, there's a dent. All my dough is nearly spent, but I got a dollar, and it's my last dollar bill. Oh, I'd love just one more buck fortune left me by chance. Now, here's a hint. I feel like a man. You can hardly tell by a glance. I don't care. No millionaire can give me the ice stack. Cause I got a dollar. My last dollar bill. <laughs> Company Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training.